because you know Coral Gables is away from Miami. Yeah. And my mother was like, you ain't got no car, so you can't go nowhere. I'm like, somebody around here have a car. I just needed to get her to where she was like, okay, and I signed to Miami. I don't know how I convinced her, but she let me go. I was just going to say, a country boy, and you said Listen, boy. I'm telling you, it's 284 miles from my mother's, <laughs> from our backyard. I, I, that's how many times I've driven from my backyard to the University of Miami. It's 284 miles to, from the campus to my mother's backyard. And trust me, I, I remember it like a T. I don't know how. Dr. Price is wonderful. I, I kiss Dr. Price every time I see her now. She's just wonderful. She got me She got me out of a little small town, went to Miami, and I haven't been home since. What was the first eye-opening event when you hit Miami? First eye-opening event? Yeah. Now, what was the first thing? I mean, you're a country boy. You already said it. But when you get to the big city of Miami, what was the first thing that you went, Whoa! <laughs> nah, I was in Cole Gables. That was the whole point. We was in Gables. The one thing that made me go, whoa, I went over to Rohan Marley's house. I had never seen a two-story house where people live upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I had never seen a two-story house. They're like, that's a two-story house, dude. They live upstairs. There's people upstairs. There's, there's like a little bridge inside the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Rohan, people had money, so he had a 325 BMW convertible. Oh, we was living the life, Riley. We was living the life of Riley as kids. Now, you went there to the University of Miami initially to be a tight end, did you not? I was 225 pounds when I was leaving high school. I told you I was just safety trapped in a 300-pound body. That's all. And, and how did the assistant coaches talk you into being a defensive <laughs> lineman? Uh, give this a try because there's no 300-pound tight ends in the league. I say Eric Green. He told me he's digging his grave with a fork. So I went down and gave it a shot. And I walked into the Gritters room, and they showed me Jim Burke's picture. They showed me Tim Hedricks, Russell Maryland, Cortez Kennedy. They said, son, you're in the line of all these great ones. And I'm like, huh? They're like, we know what we're looking at. Trust us. I said, okay. Ain't like they're throwing to the tight end anyway down here. <laughs> I said, why not? Let's give it a shot. Warren, I don't think there's any doubt about the fact that your engine always goes 100 miles an hour. And when you were down in Miami, you certainly were that way. And that's why you won all the, the national awards and everything. But what is it that fuels the Warren Sapp football engine? I want to chase down the greats. Tony Dungy walked into my life in 1996, and I had heard all the stories from Bruce, I mean, from Neil Smith, from Derek Thomas, God bless his soul, and Johnny Randall, because I was down in New Orleans at the Super Bowl in New Orleans. And I remember the one the Patriots played the Packers, back-to-back one. 96, I remember that year so vividly. And I was down there with Johnny doing the big man lineman challenge. And when the word came down that we got done, Johnny Randall looked at me, and I remember him looking at me like, what? He got who? And I said, what? What are you talking about? Man, you just signed Tony Dungy as your coach. And I said, what does that mean? He's like, look like I'm about to be the second-best defensive tackle in the game. I said, why you say that? He's like, he's going to show you the way. And I remember him saying that to me, and I'm like, what? So when I actually got to the man, what he put in front of me was Joe Green's resume, 10 straight Pro Bowls, two defensive players of the year, and four world championships. So that's what I had in front of me I wanted to chase. You uh, were drafted in the first round, but you were expected to go in the top five. But because of, <laughs> but because of the testing uh, positive for marijuana, you dropped down. How you, really, you really believe that? <laughs> I mean, as you as you say that, and you and you recall back almost twenty years. Do you, do you remember it was they, they wanted to throw cocaine on it every time, right? And then I got the lead to come out and say I had no cocaine in my system. And then the eleventh hour, or Chris Mortensen comes out at eleven thirty, and for a twelve noon draft and says it again. 
I played at the University of Miami in the great magic city of Miami. How in the hell could I have passed and flunked seven drug tests and nobody knew it? I was the best player in college football. How could we hide that at Miami? Because it just didn't make sense. And they fired the security department behind it. I mean, Jackson and his boys had to be fired from the NFL security department. I remember. That's the only reason I didn't sue. Warren, you were drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but uh, what did you think of their uniforms when you saw them? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you have to understand, my brother was a diehard. I mean, my baby brother, the one closest to me, was a diehard Buck fan. I'm talking about Jimmy Child, Batman, all that. All that. I'm like, are you James Wilder? I'm like, are you kidding me? Ugh. And I remember waiting on him to get off that bus from the 1979 championship. It was a monsoon, and they lost to the Rams. But I couldn't wait to tell him that his Bucks had lost. And I remember him when I put that hat on, and I was just, I was so distraught at that moment. I'm like, Tampa.